Damn. I know it's hard. I feel like I need a drink to be witty. Yeah. All right. So we're back. Uh, season two, episode two. Uh, this week on tap, we we talked with a number of uh, of, of pro riders uh, to kind of get some of their perspective on on bike racing these days. Um, so uh, three folks in particular, Tom Squeens. Uh, we pronounce his name differently every time, uh, like pretty much every other journalist or podcaster or people who say bike riders names, um, Pete Statna, and then Amanda Nauman as well. Uh, so kind of a fun group, which what, what, what was, what was one of the highlights of, of the conversations for you, Chris? Um, I, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to Tom's cause he's just such a nice guy. So, uh, so that's always interesting. Um, Amanda, we were actually on our way to, uh, to a bike ride. So the audio apologies for the audio. It's a little bit fuzzy in that, but, uh, it was good talking to her and hearing her perspective and how she's sort of changing her year up a little bit. And, um, and then, you know, looking ahead to, um, to not just, you know, some of the big obvious events, she's won DK twice. So that's obviously a big one, but you know, things beyond that. And then I think, I think, um, Peter Stetna, he has, such a fresh take on pro bike racing, um, or maybe a fresh perspective, you know, not, not torqued down. He's kind of an easygoing guy. Um, I see him at, uh, at a lot of uh, local events, or at least I, I should preface that by saying I see him at the start line and then never again <laughs> for the entire event. Um, but I think he, you know, he supports the local community. He loves to get out there and get after it. And, and I think also the fact that, you know, he went, he went down to um, BWR and, and won that, um, and, and, you know, saw that as its own experience and, and not diminish it from, you know, like a world tour rider. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And sort of is that next step where the sport is heading that in many ways that now you see guys at that level that are, that are doing these other events that, that we all can too. So I, I guess that doesn't really answer that. That was kind of a long answer to your question. So I enjoyed the whole thing. Maybe it's the right answer. And, and Pete's mustache too. We didn't get to talk to him too much about it, but it's, it's one of the better mustaches you're going to find. Yeah. He's definitely got some style game going. Um, the, the facial hair style game for sure. So. And then one last plug, uh, we should, we should say that, uh, this episode is sponsored by the, uh, us, uh, podcast service. Um, which you guys should check out on iTunes and, and SoundCloud. They didn't give us any money, um, so it's not actually a sponsorship. But uh, but we were both involved and had a bunch a bunch of fun putting that together for those guys. So if you like banter about bikes, uh, definitely check that one out. Uh, U.S. Podcast Service, uh, Floyd Landis, Dave Zabriskie, Neil Brown, uh, talking probably more irreverently, irreverently, that's a tough one, more irreverently than we do uh, about bikes and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So, yeah, I even got to make a quick, uh, cameo. That's right. Yeah. You pitched it on it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like you said, Tim, uh, a, a show so bad that the, that the host quit in the middle of it. I had to jump in and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had to come off the bench there yeah. and, yeah. uh, take a few hard hacks at the, at the ball coming over the plate. Yeah. If you like your podcasts half-assed, that's the one for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is, it's a good entertaining one. They're, they're wittier than us too. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing. You just have to promise listeners that once you actually listen to that, you'll come back and listen to us. Uh, 
but it's it's good stuff for sure. Um, so cool. We are going to start this one out. I believe uh, we'll go with Tom's first, and then we will roll from there right into uh, Pete, and then right into Amanda. So three of our favorite athletes, three of our favorite people to chat with, uh, all with some interesting perspectives on what it's what bike racing is like uh, at the pointiest end of the field in 2019. So enjoy. We're just going to dive in sort of in the middle. Uh, so, uh, everybody, welcome back to one of the all-time favorites, one of our all-time favorites, Tom's Squeans. Tom, did I mess that up again? No, that was better. Okay, getting there. <laughs> By the fifth or sixth time, we'll get it right. So, Tom's uh, Tom's is becoming a bit of a legend, especially for Cap- Tour of California race fans, because he has won three stages, and in fact, last year... On this podcast, just about a year ago, actually called the stage he was going to win, described how he was going to win it, and then methodically did it and won that stage. So that was uh, pretty remarkable. So we definitely want to hear what. So I guess I guess the big question is, what do you have planned for this year? What stage do you have your eye on? Was that how it happened last year? I don't. Yeah, I don't man, think called, I called your that shot. Stage. Like the, did I? Oh, we, you did. We, we have called it. On, we luckily we record these things. Hmm. You, you not only called the stage, but you described how <laughs> a break forms, how you have to get in it, when you have to go in it. You you pretty much described it exactly how it went down. I mean, You're like the Babe Ruth of cycling. Yeah. Call uh, shot. Maybe you don't want to do that anymore just because people might be listening. Not, well, people are listening, I hope, at least. For, I hope for you guys that people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> we hope for your case. Uh no, I, I mean, this year it's uh, it's definitely a bit of a different route just because uh, there's no time trial this year, which means there's mm-hmm. one more opportunity for uh, for either a breakaway or something exciting to happen. Um, but I uh, actually, yeah, there's there's a couple of days that look interesting, but just because mm-hmm. the Tahoe day, like... Go on. Uh, 2016, I won a pretty similar stage into Tahoe uh, that we're doing this year. However, uh, that year, the GC gaps were already pretty big, so it was a different race. So I think this year, it uh, it will be much harder to do that, just because the, the breakaway will never have as big of a gap as it did before, you know? And not to mention, I can't imagine after you have done this enough times that the the Peloton doesn't just let you roll up, go up the road anymore <laughs> because now you've proven that you can stick it too, right? Uh, yeah. So actually, this year, like winning stages was so last year, you know. So this year, I'll just go for GC. <laughs> there you go. So that's an interesting thing. So will you get your shots? Because Richie Richie Port's coming, right? So he, he would be presumably your your GC leader. <laughs> Richie yeah. Who? yeah, I mean, of course, one guy who hasn't won any Tour of California stages. Of course, Richie's uh, Richie's our main guy, and uh, I think for the GC battle, it's going to be uh, pretty much ninety percent uh, dependent on Baldy. Um, sure, Tahoe stage is really hard, and actually. Uh, stage three to Morgan Hill also might be my turn into GC day, but, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be all about, uh, Baldy. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of let that let the like a slow boil uh, start it out hot and then keep it keep it going right yeah. until that till that day right at the end. So you actually start you had some pretty earlier in your career had some big GC wins, but have kind of turned into more of like a one day guy and especially excelling at uh, hard one day stuff. Is that is that a fair assessment of sort of where your success has been at in your career at, at the world tour level? certainly at the top level i mean i've never really i mean the gc wins i've gotten are just have just been like oh it happened like the way i won gc in uh say tour de Beaux was because i got in a breakaway and then won from the breakaway and then i was in the lead and i just kept it uh and that's how like i spent a couple of days in yellow in california as well was just from a breakaway um uh, so I'm, I don't think I've ever really been a GC guy. Like, I not I don't really I don't know. It's not it's not as fun, you know. Uh, but it's too easy, right? It's like it's like the team has you know John John Dagenkobble for the for the Northern Classics, and then when there's this nasty anything with nasty hills, long brutal day, the, the director's like, yeah, get Tom's in there. We need Tom's out there to, to really get out there and show him what's up. I mean, yeah, I definitely do enjoy the harder, hillier days. Um, and that's where I have started to excel at. And um, I mean, you look at some of the guys that come to the world tour and uh, they really transform, say like um, Kittle, he was a time trialist. He was, I think, uh, on the podium at Worlds uh, under 23 time trials, and then he turned into a sprinter. So that's kind of uh, a totally different route, you'd think. But, uh, I mean, for me, I've, I'm still I'm still trying to explore my capabilities. Uh, I've gone for some GCs this year, uh, like in Torino Adriatico. We didn't really have a GC rider. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, mean, I'll try and hang and uh, see where I – see where I'm at at the end of the week. And, uh, I mean, we didn't have a great team time trial there, nor, nor myself crashing, uh, in the final time trial helped, but I still finished uh, top 20 on GC, which for Walter race in Europe was, uh, kind of, uh, kind of big for me. Um, but yeah, the, but at the same time, yeah, like a race like Strade, uh, is something I like a lot more than uh, a week-long Terreno Adriatico uh, race. Where I was going to yeah. say, when in Strada, yeah, you're top ten, and when I was watching and saw you coming in with with that main, well, not a main group, small group right behind, and some of the some of the people in there, I was like, damn, this is that's a huge, huge day for Tom's to be right up there with the very best guys at that at that kind of race. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was uh, that was a first for me, and um, hopefully, there's many more to come like that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, your uh, your so your teammate uh, Peter, who we're going to talk to later in the week. Uh, so he just won uh, uh, BWR Belgian Waffle Ride. So, you, what about you? I mean, that seems like. No, it's not world tour. It's not being in the uh, the climbers jersey for five days or four days in the Tour de France. But um, what's your thought on that kind of those kinds of races that are really starting to pop up everywhere? 
And and world tour guys doing them. I mean, do you have your designs on any of them in the future, or what? What do you think about them? Uh, well, if you count Leadville in in one of those, then uh, the, it's definitely the style of racing I've kind of uh, wanted to do for a while now. Um, but for Leadville, obviously, you have to. You can't just go there from sea level. You have to really <laughs> stay at altitude beforehand. And uh, with the world tour schedule, you're. I mean, it's it's a bit hard. That's all. But yeah, I mean, uh, the Belgian Waffle Ride and Dirty Kanza and uh, all kinds of races like that are, are, I think, are super fun. And I definitely hope that if not uh, this year, then one year I'll try and do them or some of them. So, Tom, last time we talked, uh, we went through the list of the greatest Latvian athletes. Um, and I believe we had some losers up top. Uh, Am I am I right, Anna Orlova? Sure. <laughs> we just want to see how you. We want to track your progress here. We want to get you to number one in the list of Latvian Oof. athletes currently. Who do we have? No, in front that's of not. You? No, that's not going to happen. I mean, no. no. We have uh, just because cycling is not that big of a sport in Latvia. Uh, yeah. Basketball is still bigger, and we have a guy playing oh, in the Chris NBA. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Chris Stamps. Yeah, so I mean, that's gonna and until he retires, that's not gonna happen. We'll go for number two. All right, and then my we've we've been we've had this debate at a couple lunches recently, and couldn't think of anyone more qualified to settle this debate: tater tots, waffle fries, or shoestring French fries. Oof. I mean, I've said this before. I don't really discriminate on potatoes. I love them all. <laughs> um, but if you put me at gunpoint, I would go tater tots. Nice. See, I thought I thought that would be your answer. It's the most uh, unmolested form of, of exactly. Potato. Yeah, like you don't need to. You don't need to go fancy. You don't need to like put makeup on or whatever. You just got to be natural, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can't hide beauty. No, just let it shine. <laughs> Especially when it's a potato. Uh, so. Tour California, and what's next for you? Uh, yeah, so after Cali, I'll come back uh, to Colorado, where I am right now. Spend uh, a little bit of time here again, and then um, back to Europe, back to real racing. With uh, the first Ouch. race back in Europe will be Shots Dauphine. fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that's a good little bit of time. Not only has your have your results uh, elevated, but so is your smack time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was subtle. Well done. Um, I, 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 I'm not saying Cali is not real racing, but the <laughs> the the block in between uh, California and Dauphine is what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got you. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and clear. Shots fired. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tom's. We much appreciate you doing this. We know you're busy in the lead up to Tour California, uh, and uh, we look forward to having you on next year when we can again recap your uh, your called shot. Uh, <laughs> so we predict the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Tom's. Uh, no worries. Thanks, Tom's. You guys are welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we're here with Pete Stetna, Trek Stake Frego rider, but more importantly to us, the uh, the BWR uh, reigning reigning champion. How's it feel? Yeah, 
it feels pretty good actually yeah um you know that that race is legit you know at first uh you know a lot of you know a lot of the the world tour scene and all they're like oh you know it's just it's a local race whatever but i think they're they're seeing the the media and the hype around it you know and and yesterday like you know we had to do a, a trek store visit before the tour of california and the director announced me as you know your your current bwr champion and the crowd was <laughs> cheered loud i mean people know what it is, you know it's a bwr has kind of hit that uh that niche spot where uh yeah everyone everyone wants something that that kind of experience right now and uh it was it was an honor to be a part of it and to you know kind of be the first uh they were everyone was super supportive because i was you know the first pro tour writer to really you know visit it and and commit to it um you know yeah. and uh you know everyone everyone cheered you know it was, it was a it was a really nice experience so let's talk a little bit about how how you got there. I mean, so I, I want to take this kind of two, I guess, sort of separate directions. But um, you, you mentioned in in a couple of the interviews that that we saw post race that um, the this might be the first of a couple uh, sort of similar uh, themed events for you this year, and it sounded like Trek was really behind that. So can you just talk a little bit about like from from a team perspective, from a sponsor perspective? Like it sounds like everyone's all in on this stuff. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you, you're seeing in the U.S. that that shift where uh, world tour racing is still fine and healthy, but um, you know the domestic road scene is they're struggling, and sponsorship money's drying up. Teams are folding, riders are out of contract, and at the same time, you have the gravel adventure alternative race world exploding. I mean, you got. Yeah. Races like Kanza, Leadville, BWR selling out or having lotteries to even get in. And you have um, uh, like the Grasshopper Series in Northern California is, you know, pulling in, you know, 500 people every weekend for a six or seven race series. Like it's just, uh, and, and you know, in, in the U.S., you know, it's not a spectator sport like it is in Europe. It's a participation-based sport and people want to get yeah off-road away from traffic um and they want to do an event and and have an adventure that is more than they could you know tackle alone so they do need a support to do it and and you know these races are kind of finding that niche and you know for me that's something i'm passionate about i came from the mountain bike um yeah and uh it's a little bit like i'm returning to my roots you know world tour racing is still you know, my bread and butter and, and my, uh, you know, the, the number one goals like toward California coming up. Um, but, uh, you know, they, these races, they're, they're a good supplement to it. You know, they, a, they're hella good training, you know, it's insane. <laughs> it's, uh, I saw your interview post race and you said something to the effect of, I'm never coming back here. You know, I, was, I went so deep. I was just aching for days after, I don't know if I yeah. recovered yet. And, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know and, and so Trek sees that marketing, you know, these are events where instead of just a picture of me on, on Alp de Wes or Gibraltar mountain or wherever, you know, it's, I'm at these events, you know, hanging out, having a beer afterwards, like, and well, you know, with, we actually want to talk about that too, Pete, because we, we heard, we heard, uh, and you don't have to confirm or deny this, but that, uh, a keg was rolled out from lost Abbey. Uh, and may or may not have made it to your hotel room. Oh, I mean, there's there's a video. That, I want to say that that video of the keg carry on the bike. Um, 
that keg is full. That is full. I, I just want, I want that's next level recovery right there. Untapped, heavy, and everyone knows that the imperial Belgian ale like, alcohol actually weighs more than water too. So when it's eleven percent, it weighs more in the keg. <laughs> that's inc- that's well, incredible. Well done on that. Science. We applaud your recovery game. Right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so. Interestingly, so do you think that this is going to continue? I think what you said a couple of cool things, and I remember I saw you at uh, the Fish Rock Race, which is another local Northern Cal one on an absolutely horrendous day. And you were out there, I don't know, smiling maybe is a little bit of an overstate, but I think the fact that you're even out there, a world tour guy at a local race, slogging through it with the average Joe too, I think what you what you said about BWR and what sponsors are looking for, like, that stuff even trickles down just to that local level that I think guys like yourself, I think it's super cool that guys like yourself are out there and, and sort of pre- creating more touch points for the sport, you know? And in other words, it sort of carries from the local event all the way to the world tour too, right? Like in reverse, maybe a little bit of the way that the tr- traditional approach would be like, Oh, the world tour guy comes to the local event and people know it. Now it's the world tour guys at the local event and then they're following, you know, where he's going in the world tour races. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it's, it's a good experience to be a part of, you know, it's for me, you know, I've done, what is it like 10 Volta Catalunya's now like five tour Californias, seven grand tours or eight. I don't even know, you know, and it's, it, it does it, this is fresh to, to break it up. And it's a, just like you guys want. It's it's a fresh adventure. It's something that's different than what I do in a normal road race, you know, with these these gravel sections and all that. And it's also, you know, it's it's going back to basics. And it's also when I am a home, like every training ride for me is it's work. I have a like I it looks like a freaking prescription list of intervals on, on my bike <laughs> or on my phone, you know, and it's every ride I go out has a purpose and an intent and and it does get monotonous just training alone and doing all that work and when i can show up at a local event and and feel that appreciation and that camaraderie of and that's you know that's why we all got into cycling in the first place and then get a better workout than i could on my own anyway trying to follow wheels and being forced out of that comfort zone by guys who are overzealous to attack the pro you know it's uh it's uh, it's a great training and it's it's appreciative and it just it makes you love the sport even more. And it also gets me mentally ready to get back in the, the world tour trenches and push hard against, against these guys. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Liege, Bastogne Liege was pretty good training for, uh, for your BWR. Wins, exactly. right? so now you got to get back to work. Yeah, exactly. I'm the, I'm the only guy that used Liege for yeah. BWR. Uh, I had some bad, uh, some bad timing in Liege with multiple rain jackets trying to be jettisoned on a climb when the race was moving up the road. And Liege was honestly just, it was a day to forget. And I was off the back and I was like, okay, you know, it's like, I got two hours to go. The race opened unusually early this year. Like I should just pack it in. It's a one day race, like placing 80th doesn't matter or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I got BWR next week. That's going to be, <laughs> I'm going to finish this. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so. And that's why you're a pro and we're all joking. Yeah. Good on you. So speaking of this stuff, you've got one uh, coming up, right? Like you work with the Bike Monkey guys. You've had an event up in Tahoe uh, late in the year, and it looks. Is there anything you could tell us about uh, what that's changing? To yeah, sort of you know, um, seeing some te- teasers about. Yeah, it. we're we're gonna be rolling out some some uh, 
fun news in the future. Um, and basically <clears throat> what I can say is we are, um, we're going gravel just like part of my career is kind of transitioning in that way a little bit. You know, it's, uh, I've been exploring this mountain range, uh, in the base of the Eastern Sierras. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, Strava doesn't even know this exists, like packs of wild mustangs, shotgun shells, harsh white sun, you know, and just, uh, some really iconic stuff that just, it puts you out there. Um, and you need the support to do it. Um, and we're just going to all get, get through it together, but also celebrate, uh, just the camaraderie of cycling and, and this awesome expedition together. Um, so it's called, uh, uh, the prospect ride where we're all prospectors out there, uh, finding something new and finding, you know, whatever striking it rich in cycling means to you, whether it's riding with a pro or getting lost in the wilderness or, you know, just shredding all day and drinking beers afterwards. There's a little of everything. Um, and this year it's in September again. Um, it's actually going to be, um, kind of like a soft launch cause it's such a big change. And then there'll be a bigger event, uh, soon to be announced right after. Um, but if anyone's interested, it's a uh, sierraprospect.com is the website and you can uh, sign up for, for a couple, uh, news hits as we roll out uh, course features and, and registration and all that. So sierraprospect.com. That sounds amazing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So everything you said. Yeah. Um, and where can people follow you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, Twitter P- at Peter Stetna and, uh, P Stetna on Instagram because I'm an idiot and I just didn't use the same handle for both, uh, links, but, um, yeah, just, uh, look up Stetna cycling and I'm sure you can find all that. And, uh, you know, it's try to get some good content out here for uh tour of California and, and a couple of gravel adventures to come and, um, just, yeah, just, you could. You can probably find Pete too by if you just search hashtag rides with kegs. He should <laughs> be the, the first only one. Yeah. Well, that was actually my second bike keg carry because I did that for a photo shoot for revision uh, a couple of years ago when we made my, my custom beer for the prospect ride. I actually team up with a uh, famous oh. uh, brewery in, uh, in Reno, Nevada, where the ride has gone through. And um, he was so jazzed. He, instead of just giving us beer for the event, he was like, we're going to make a beer. And so I actually collaborated with him and we created a custom beer that's released every September. It's a hazy IPA. Um, yeah. Drinkable thirst quenching after a long day. Um, and, uh, it's coming out again this year. I don't know. You just said hazy IPA. It's only eight forty-five, but it is yep, Friday. Yeah. It's four o'clock somewhere too. <laughs> well, Pete, we very much appreciate you doing this. We know you got, uh, some more important things to do getting on with your tour of California prep. Uh, so we'll be rooting for you there. Uh, and uh, give a pinch to our guy Tom's too. He's going to be uh, we yeah. I think he's coming in here. Uh, Somehow he uh, had a little flight change up, so um, he'll be getting in today. And uh, yeah, we'll make sure we we rib him good for you guys. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Much All right, guys. thank you. Yeah. All right, here with Amanda Nauman two-time Dirty Kansas winner, gravel crusher, and uh, all-around good person. Amanda, how are you today? Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Uh, good, good to see you, too. You? <laughs> good. So, uh, let's see. you got BWR this weekend. How is your uh, How's your season coming along? How's your bike riding going? 
it's good. I kind of had a rough cyclocross season, so I got sick a few times, and so this winter has kind of been a bit of a pick-me-up and trying to get back to where I need to be. Um, so Land Run didn't go exactly how I wanted, but um, everything since then has gone pretty well, so I'm excited to race this weekend and see how it goes. Yeah, you got one coming. Didn't you break your wrist last year before DK, too? No, that was Kai. That was me. That was Kai Takashina. Oh, never I'm mind. Sure. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, Dirty Kinza last year was good. Um, my fitness is really good for that. and uh, It was a really hard day on the bike, but it was fun. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to this year because of the course being completely different than years past. Yeah. So, uh, so what? What's your? What are your thoughts on Dirty K, DK this year? This is your fifth, right? So you'll uh, get the thousand miles yeah. under your belt. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've really grown up with the event, being there for the past five years, um, and I've seen a lot of the changes happen. When uh, that first year that I did it in 2015, it was still pretty small, and I mean, compared to what it is now, like nobody was fighting for registration that year. Um, but yeah, it's it's grown a lot. Uh, it's really popular now. Everybody wants to do it, and it's nice to see that um, it's kind of grown to that size of everybody wanting to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting this year after Lifetime has taken it over to kind of see how the vibe is in town. And I was there a few weeks ago for camp, and I mean, I don't think anything's really changed. I think they have they still have a good head on their shoulders, um, and it's still going to be a pretty fun time. So you were just there. I know I know you can't give away too much about the route this year. It's a new route, goes yeah. north. I know yeah. Jim has mentioned he's really excited about it. Uh, what what did you see in the route? Uh, what, did, what did you think about what you saw? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I got lucky because I rode the 100-mile uh, route, like the actual, what they're going to do for the people sign up for the 100, and it is gnarly. <laughs> the gravel is different because we're heading north, and in years past, we, the, the course is always um, routed south. So up in the north, it's a lot less travel. The towns are smaller, and the gravel is chunkier. So it's going to be really interesting to see how people make tire choice selection and um, kind of logistics even for the checkpoints because that's different this year with no actual checkpoint pathway. Um, so I think everybody's strategy is going to be different. And I was talking to Leland about it, and we feel like people have gotten pretty comfortable the past four years. Um, with the three checkpoints, you know, everybody's kind of figured out the route has been so similar the past few years, and this year they're just like totally throwing a wrench into everybody's plans and saying like, good luck, here's something brand new for you. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've, this will be my third year, but yeah. it's a new experience in a lot of ways for oh, all yeah. the reasons you just said. I'm used to going north, only being, you know, 50 miles away from safety uh, yes. or safe harbor, and it's, yeah. it's, it's all different. Yeah. It's a little terrifying too. Yeah. So uh, somebody new going this year, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of new people coming in to travel, coming into DK. What 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 are your one or two absolute must-do best tips for them of how to approach? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I would say have a plan and stick to it. Um, for sure, like eating and drinking is going to be really important this year because of that uh, only a water stop halfway through. So like having a backpack, you know, a bladder, having something that you know you can finish by the first checkpoint and then have an, a, a game plan to get water at that second checkpoint. Um, that's always my biggest thing to tell people is like just write down a plan of exactly what you're going to eat and drink for that whole day and just execute it because a lot of times people will be like oh I'm just going to bring stuff and like figure it out along the way and 
that's always how people totally mess up because they <laughs> yeah. don't listen to themselves. Um, yeah, so that's my biggest thing on nutrition and hydration. And the other thing is just to have fun because it's gonna it's gonna suck in a lot of points that day. Just try to figure out a way to have fun. Yeah, I, I would say try to delay uh, the point to when it really starts to suck. <laughs> exactly. And the, the longer you can delay the sucking exactly. part, the, the better you're off you'll be. So what else you got planned this year? Um, yeah, so I'm going to do Dirty Canta a few weeks later is Michigan Coast to Coast. Is that 200 mile one across the peninsula in Michigan. Um, and then I will probably do Gravel Worlds, maybe for the first time ever. And then Rebecca's private Idaho Niners and Descent for two this year, which I'm pretty excited about because I've never done that. Um, and then, yeah, rolling the coasts. Oh, nice. Yeah, because one 200-mile race in a month is not yeah, enough, sorry. so it makes a lot of sense <laughs> to do Michigan. Totally, totally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so uh, who are your sponsors supporting this year, and uh, where can people find you? Um, Niner Bikes, Muscle Monster, um, oh, there's a whole list, but those are the two main ones getting me around to places. Um, you can find me at Amanda Panda on Instagram and Twitter. You can probably type that in. All right, thanks, Amanda. Good luck to you.